This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 62, Rory Z. Fulcher on Instant Hypnosis and Sleeping Children. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Hey there, welcome back. It's Jason Lynette here with another action-packed session with another fantastic guest, as I like to say, dropping several knowledge bombs along the way. A lot of great information coming up in this conversation with Rory Z. Fulcher. In the meantime, I want to give a big thank you to everybody who's been heading over to the iTunes listing for Work Smart Hypnosis and leaving your positive feedback, including Lori. Lori left this review back on May uh, 20. 25th, 2016, titled Fantastic Resource. I've now listened to all 60 of Jason's podcast episodes, and I highly recommend this resource. I learn different things from different guests, but I always learn something, a new technique, a new metaphor, a new way of looking at a problem, a new way of improving my business. I don't typically listen to podcasts at all, but I won't miss a single one of these. Well worth your time and investment. Lori, thanks so much for the feedback. And I'd share indirectly, part of the reason I wanted to share that was just last week, uh, we had a day where we hit the uh, biggest number of downloads ever uh, in a single day of this program. Actually, by the time the day was over with, well over 700 downloads, uh, which admittedly, it's probably people like Lori who stumble onto this program and then go into the archives And then in one simple swoop, you end up downloading every single session. And by all means, go right ahead. There are ways inside of iTunes and various podcast servers to actually play the uh, This Message Will Self-Destruct format. And I make it a point to uh, have it so that all of the back sessions are still available. They're all archived over at worksmarthypnosis.com. That way you can go in and whether it's my own information, whether it's some of the conversations. In addition to that, uh, if you have not yet liked the Work Smart Hypnosis page over on Facebook, the hell's wrong with you? Go right ahead over there uh, because over there we're playing a game now of uh, resurfacing some of the classics, whether they're sessions again that are mine, some of the past conversations as well. Just the opportunity to go in and really interact with some really fantastic hypnosis information. For those of you that might be new to this program, I give you the basic outline. You know, we can go to hypnosis conventions, we can go to trainings, and you'd leave with a lot of fantastic information. Yet the people, the experiences where you'd really learn information would be hanging out with people at the bar, hanging out with people in the lobby and the hallways of the event. It was the side conversation. So the goal of this program is to capture these interactions. So admittedly, the person who I'm featuring in this week's session is someone that I think I've only popped into one of his workshops, but having known Rory for a little while now, interacting with some of his content, some of his training, he is top-notch. And specifically, uh, of all things, being a guy who is known for instant hypnosis, instant inductions, having recently partnered and produced Sam the Sleepy Sheep, which is a children's book utilizing hypnotic language patterns, helping children get to bed. And Honestly, it is a book that I have read to both of my kids, and oh man, this thing works. 
whether you have children or not, especially as we launch into a holiday season coming up, this is an absolutely fantastic gift, or even just for your own knowledge of seeing how they've really pulled this off in such a clever yet also very effective way to directly train parents how to use hypnotic language patterns. So we're going to jump right into this week's session. This is Work Smart Hypnosis number 62, Rory Z. Fulcher on Instant Hypnosis and Sleeping Children. What was it that kind of got you into hypnosis originally? Basically, I always wanted to be a musician, kind of a rock star. Uh, turns out I can't actually sing or play any instruments very well. <laughs> um, so I, I figured what else could I do kind of entertainment wise and to, you know, to get out there. And hypnosis was something that I kind of had a, a passing interest in throughout my teenage years. And I figured I'd kind of look into that a bit more and it just kind of spiraled from there. Yeah, got it. So kind of walk us through the lineage. Like where did you start? Where did you learn? At the end of my high school tenure, uh, which in, in the UK is, I think, about 18 years old, generally. I was working in hotels and bars and things like that. But obviously, as a sideline, I was kind of learning by myself to do hypnosis. So initially, I didn't actually do any formal training or anything like that. It was just a case of reading as many books as I could get my hands on, then going out and practicing it. Um, obviously, at the start, I went for hypnotherapy, as that was, to, in my mind, the easier option. Um, as, as a hypnotherapist yourself, you probably know that. Not entirely the, the right choice, I suppose. But I had some fairly decent successes, only having read a couple of books. So I was helping my friends and family, and then I kind of graduated up to seeing paid clients, which was really good. But I kind of missed, at that point, the entertainment aspect. So from there on, I kind of looked into, while I was continuing to do hypnotherapy with people, bringing on the stage um, entertainment kind of side of things as well. Um, and and that, that was a case of just, go, I went on a, um, a weekend stage hypnosis course. And after that, I pretty much just set up as a stage hypnotist on advertising online and doing shows. So yeah, <laughs> quite interesting, quite yeah, fun. There's a bit of a through line. I'd be curious to get your thoughts on that. As I interact with people that I have a similar background to it as well of I was mostly self-taught by a lot of books, by a lot of videos, and it's only in the later years really discovering that, oh, wow, there's a whole community around this thing. There's a whole, you know, there's conventions, there's trainings, and everything before that was kind of in that self-taught phase. Sure. And there's something that I've kind of noticed as a through line that – Perhaps it's that phrase of we don't yet know enough to be afraid of what we're doing. We're often a little bit more fearless coming from that mindset. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> um, you, you don't have anyone who, who who's had bad experiences at that point telling you what could go wrong. So you're just like, hey, you know, let's have a go and see what happens. No, and there's something to be gained from that, which is this mindset of, going into a scenario with just this, this this goal ahead of time of I'm going to make this work. This is going to be successful. Sure. Yeah. So as you were doing the shows, as you were transitioning into that, where, where were you typically doing that? Um, all over the UK, mainly obviously based in England. I'm based sort of an hour north of London, but I sort of advertised the, the length and breadth of the UK. So I pretty much went wherever the checkbook was. Nice. Nice. <laughs> So then what makes up uh, the focus of your time these days? How much of it is, let's say, hypnotherapy? How much is it entertainment? 
most of the time these days I'm actually training. Um, so teaching teaching other people to do what I do most of the time anyway. <laughs> so I, I would say the majority of my time is doing that. I, I do see hypnotherapy clients, um, definitely not as frequently as I used to. Uh, I'm not specifically advertising for it. It's just if someone hits upon my website and comes my way, then sure, that, that's fine. But I'm literally spending most of my time doing that and writing as well. So Excellent, excellent. So then let's kind of go at it from this perspective of training hypnosis. If you had to kind of define your style, your approach to things, how would you sum that up? I'm not a very sentimental person. So basically you do have a lot of trainers who are out there saying, you know, these are the methods that have always been taught. So, you know, we'll carry on teaching those, but I don't think that's how a really good hypnotherapy trainer should train. I tend to teach the things that I personally use and I find to be effective. And I mean, I'm always open to changing what I'm teaching. If I find something new that works better, you know, by all means, I'll substitute it and replace it. Really not a fan of using scripts unless absolutely necessary. I mean, sometimes, yeah, it's nice to do that. Uh, if you've got everything laid out with all the subtle embedded commands and things like that, then sometimes it's all right to use a script. But generally, it's more of an intuitive way of hypnotherapy training to actually listen to what your client actually wants and what they need rather than prescribing a preset method that you hope will work with as many clients <laughs> as possible. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Now, I tend to be of a similar style. I think the phrase would be that a script, the, the perfect hypnosis script to be presented to the new hypnotist would not just be as we have it in our profession right now of here's this document that you should go off and read to somebody. The ideal presentation of how a script, I think, really should be formed would be here is the case study of what this individual client came in with. Here are some of the things they wrote on their paperwork. Here are some of the things that popped up in conversation. And then almost like the way that we would see a movie these days on a Blu-ray disc, on a DVD disc with the you know extra commentary talking through the process rather than present it as here's the actual information. So you know, to get the backstory, to get the ideas behind why we use this technique in there. So as someone who trains from a similar perspective, I'm curious to hear what are some of the methods that you employ to to be able to train that stream of consciousness creative style? It's pretty much a lot about knowing what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. So lots of feedback is always good. A lot, of, a lot of people who come for hypnotherapy training tend to have done their own research beforehand, so they have already got their own ideas kind of formulated about what they should be learning, that kind of thing. And, you know, oft times they are mostly right, occasionally slightly wrong. So it, it, it's kind of um, management of their expectations with regards to that. And just kind of disseminating the right knowledge and in a way that is – not too academic. I mean, it's good to have the academic side of things because obviously we need to, need to understand why these things work, but also kind of simplifying it to some extent. So it's really broad. So pretty much anyone can understand it and begin to, you know, utilize it within their own practices and a highly, highly practical aspect because, you know, it's like, would you take a, a written exam on your practical driving test? <laughs> <laughs> probably not so you need to actually practice doing this stuff and that's something i'm a 100 percent believer in <laughs> well how much of it for you is this this mindset of having to train let's say a formula training a process 
in order to then break the process, in order to then break the formula? I mean, it's always good to be able to do that. But initially, if you're coming into the world of hypnotherapy with little to no knowledge, getting the basics down first and foremost mm. is, is what you need to do, really. And I, I, I'm all in favor of, you know, the things that we teach on our – I actually do NGH training as well. The things we teach, I always tell students, these are really useful. I wouldn't be teaching you if I wouldn't use these myself. But feel free to have your own opinion. You know, if you don't like the way that, the, you know, the bullet points of that technique are laid out, feel free to change it. As long as what you're doing works and you can recognize that it will still work after you've changed it, then that's absolutely fine. You know, um, otherwise, if you don't like it, then just don't use that technique. Use something completely different. So that's, yeah, <laughs> that's always kind of one of my approaches when, with whatever I'm training. Well, I'd share something that I actually struggled with uh, years ago, which was, my my style is it sounds to be rather similar to yours of a stream of consciousness a more creative approach to it sure. and in a classically oriented hypnosis session even a classically oriented hypnosis training we're we're taught that okay you're going to come in and we're going to talk about the problem and now i'm going to explain to you what hypnosis is and now i'm going to do my hypnotic induction and mm -hmm. now i'm going to do a series of deepeners and it's at this point now that whether script or technique, whatever the methodology would become, as if this is now the point I can actually now address your change. Sure. So, and then finally here, I'm going to emerge from hypnosis and then send you on your way. So mm -hmm. the, the classic format would be this one of, it's only after all this ritual has occurred that now we can finally talk about the change process. Right. When I'm sure your style, maybe you're pummeling away at that change as as early as possible in that process even going back to the let's talk about the issue am i right here yeah yeah certainly i mean uh, at the same time that's not necessarily for everyone exactly so that's that's something we kind of allude to within the training that we do but it's not mandatory because not everyone's comfortable doing that some people they they need to you know talk about the problem do the induction do the deepener then do the work um where whereas other people are more comfortable actively talking about the problem then doing some work before they even get them into hypnosis. Well, how, do you respond, how do you respond to this phrase then, which would be that we have to appreciate the reasoning behind the structure in order to then really properly break the structure as well? Well, generally, the reason behind the, the structure or the problem is the problem. You know, there wouldn't be a problem without that thing that's you know behind it driving it. So, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, that we have to, I mean... And, and there's all sorts of classical examples we can go to on this one. Here's the person that is raised in a family that has some sort of even political or religious structure to their upbringing. And then mm -hmm. on their own, they begin to shift their thinking to what they discover to be their own personal held opinions. And I think it's that phrase that far too often in hypnosis, we're simply repeating what we were told as opposed yeah. to testing it for ourselves and seeing what really is working best for us? What elements need to be added back in? What elements need to be pulled out? Sure, yeah. And even going along that kind of line of thinking, it's it's not always a case of doing, as a therapist, what you feel comfortable doing, as long as you're doing what's going to work for the client that's in front of you at that specific time. So, so then you, how does this convert over for you for, uh, for entertainment? 
I haven't met that many stage hypnotists who have been 100% comfortable <laughs> with every single stage show that they've performed. Yeah. And like I said, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's a case of stepping out of your comfort zone and um, doing something different, <laughs> you know. So it's, it's a case of, you know, you can't do the same thing every time. Even in a stage show, I mean, some, some stage guys, they, they've got it nailed down where they can almost do the same thing every time. Even then, it's not going to be exactly the same because you have that one thing that you can't quite predict, which is the other people who are on stage with you. But, I mean, they can have their routines all down pat, but it may have taken them months, years, thousands and thousands of shows to get to that level. And, you know, at that point, they, they kind of know what they're talking about there. But for the, for the moment, like for initially, for the most part, the level that most kind of, you know, amateur, semi-professional stage hypnotists get to, you can't get too stuck to what you're doing. And if, if it's just the, the start of your career, you need to be able to know when to change things to make it more effective. So then kind of walk us through um, what is the feeling you want the audience to walk away from, from your stage hypnosis presentations? Well, whether whether it's a stage hypnosis presentation or a hypnotherapy training weekend or my rapid induction training, I want people to go away feeling good. <laughs> that's, that's the number one. You need to um, help people to enjoy the experience, whatever experience it is that you're presenting, even as a hypnotherapist. You know, it, it's good to leave people feeling good. And obviously, as a stage hypnotist, <laughs> you want people laughing, you know, at least you know, one or two times a minute. <laughs> that's that's kind of the, the thing to aim for uh, as a stage hypnotist. But yeah. <laughs> and also aiming at that in the time even before bringing up the, uh, the, 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 the people for the stage show as well, right? Sure thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the entire pre-talk process, as it's known, mm -hmm. um, building rapport with the audience. I mean, that's not something, going back to scripts, it's not really something you can particularly do from a script. It's a good idea to have your bullet points and things set out, but these things, again, need to constantly adapt, and it, it will depend as well on the audience that, that, that you're in front of as well. So, yeah. So in a stage environment, what would be kind of walk us through the first 10 minutes, just as an overview? Um, like, what, what's your approach for the hypnotic induction for that environment? How quickly are you bringing up the participants? Sure. I mean... Again, like I said, it's it's all fairly fluid, and it depends yes. on the environment. It depends whether you're doing a, a full-on theatre stage show, or you know, you're, you're at a bar or a club, or in someone's back garden. You know, <laughs> could be any of these things. You, it may even be an impromptu thing, um, just spur of the moment, kind of more street hypnosis style. But initially, obviously, it's the pre-talk, which is where you kind of talk to the audience about hypnosis. So you can figure out if anyone's been hypnotized before, do a little suggestibility test to find out how many people in the audience, one, are paying attention to you. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, if you're in a theater, that's not so much of a problem, but yeah, other, other places, yes. And then figuring out who is actually going to be fairly receptive and getting them up on stage somehow using one of these techniques. After that induction process, again, fluid for me personally. I know some stage hypnotists will consistently use a progressive relaxation induction. I personally like to either, depending on the amount of people I've got up on stage, because 
in the UK, people are a lot more, I don't want to say jaded, but jaded than the <laughs> people in the US because you guys are all, you, you're brought up with hypnosis. You have the high school shows, the college shows and that kind of thing. Uh, whereas in the UK, we actually have a law that you're not allowed to hypnotize anyone under the age of 18 for entertainment purposes. So, you know, <laughs> we're, we're not kind of inundated from a, a young age as you guys are. So uh, with that and I know with the typical kind of Britishness, people are a lot more skeptical of hypnosis and don't really believe it's going to work. So you get a lot less people volunteering a lot of the time at your hypnosis shows. So you tend to have your work cut out as a British hypnotist. <laughs> no, I mean, it's something that I'm, I've got my calendar open on a, another screen here as we're chatting and I'm looking at you know, May and June, and I, I spend the majority of my time seeing clients. I see the next majority of my time is then spent in training. There's a class that just was going on this past weekend. And then um, the other chunk of time is this smaller component of doing stage programs, which for me, I mean, well, this Friday, there I am at a high school. So the the, sure. the only market that I'm actually working now is one that really doesn't exist where you are. Yeah, yeah, not at all. <laughs> yeah, and and the the amount of uh, I, I don't know how how what's a kind of average wage for a stage hypnotist over in the U.S. So what would you get paid per show? You'll see uh, a range of oh yeah, yeah. B based on who who they are. This is actually a school that I've been going to now for going on five or six years, and they're paying me fifteen hundred for this event, and I'll be up there for probably about seventy five minutes. Sure. Yeah. I mean, 75 minutes, that's, uh, you know, kind of the, the average, I guess, for most hypno shows that I know of. Mm -hmm. You do see kind of longer ones that have the uh, um, interlude in the middle, but I'm not a big fan of that myself. But yeah, so what, what was that, 1,500? That's in in real money, that's about 800 pounds, isn't it? <laughs> Something Ooh, like that. Real money, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's about eight, eight, or, eight or 900 pounds, I think. Yeah. Possibly. Most stage hypnotists in the UK doing kind of standard shows, weddings and things like that, probably like between 250 to 500 pounds, I think. So that's, un that's under $1,000 pretty much. Mm -hmm. Way under, I think. <laughs> so yeah, again, then as well as not having the amount of places that will accept you as a stage hypnotist, you know, because I, I know the high schools are kind of clamoring to get stage hypnotists to their to their schools. We just don't have that over here. But then right. also don't have the added financial incentive of you getting paid a, a hell of a lot of money as you guys do over there. So yeah, it's it's a hard life being a British stage hypnotist. <laughs> it's rewarding in and of itself. Though to kind of rewind back, so your induction method, while it is rather stream of conscious based on people you have up there. Yep. It's, it's, would you phrase it as it's slightly more active than the classic style stage hypnosis show rather than sure. the yeah. seated progressive muscle relaxation the whole way through? I, I would occasionally do that if mm -hmm. the stage was chock full of people. Yes. And that's generally the most sensible way of doing things. And then perhaps do a more active deepening method or two. As, as you're up there. Um, but general, generally, if you only have a handful of people on stage, then why not kind of make more of a show of it, the induction process, uh, which can tend to be a little dull, um, you know, for, for, from the spectator's point of view. 
and do some rapid inductions and have people kind of slumping into their chairs and dropping back onto the stage safely. Uh, <laughs> it's quite quite an interesting thing to have. But yeah, like I said, keep it fluid depending on the audience and depending on how many people you have up on stage. So either method works really well because, as you know, hypnosis is hypnosis. Right. Whether it's rapid, whether it's progressive, it's still hypnosis. So you train a course on instant inductions, rapid inductions. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit more about the content of that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have been running this course now for, I think, two or three years. And it's kind of gone from strength to strength. The first course I ever did started off with, two, I think, two or three people in the room. And that was a tricky course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. But yeah, it's, I, I pretty much run it between sort of three and five times a year across the UK. And every single course, the course gets better and better. And I'm, I'm always including things that um, I find, as I said before, you know, keeping it fluid, including things that work and getting rid of the stuff that, you know, works not quite as well as the new stuff. I go, I, I, I pretty much, I invite anyone to the course, whether they have any experience at all, like they, they could have no experience and they could be, professional hypnotherapist for 10 years and just want to learn how to do rapid induction. So it's designed for everyone. So the course starts off basically going over the basics of hypnosis, um, which you kind of need to bring everyone up to speed. So they're all at a level where they can safely go and actually do hypnosis. Um, we do some suggestibility tests, which a lot of people, hypnotherapists especially, think are specifically for stage and street. But I always use suggestibility tests in my, in my practice. Um, and I, I know a fair few people who do as well. Um, it's a really good way to convince people about the power of their own subconscious mind and about hypnosis. I apologize if you can hear any noise in the background. Is that I think the, I think the next door neighbor has, <laughs> has some kind of work going on. Uh, is that is that, um, no, is that offensively loud? It's, it's low enough that it's not too bad. Okay, yeah. brilliant. <laughs> it makes it real. <laughs> it does. It definitely does. Trust me. My poor ears. So, yeah, suggestibility test is a really useful tool, whether you're doing entertainment or therapy, I find. And after that, we generally go on to do rapid inductions for the rest of the day, which is probably at least like five hours of, of rapid inductions. And it's real hands-on practice because that's what you need to do when you're doing rapid inductions because it's a very practical, mechanical method of inducing trance rather than getting the person to just close their eyes and then just talking at them or worse, reading a script at them, um, you actually need to be in, interacting with that person. Yeah, you really need to be so, in the moment with the person. You, you certainly do. And obviously, then there's the safety aspect as well, which we cover on the course. Um, you don't want, because, uh, you know, you, you might get someone slumping forwards quite fast in their chair. You don't want them falling off the chair, <laughs> falling into a wall, um, something like that. And it, it can happen. It does happen if you're not paying attention. So it's kind of be mindful of the techniques that you're doing whilst getting a lot of really decent practice and feedback. So that's what the course is all about. Which this is a very polarizing category, it seems, in our modern hypnosis era that are there seems to be not too much in the middle. There's people who absolutely endorse and make use of the incident inductions, and there's people who would be of the mindset that they might even be the worst thing in hypnosis right now, which this is one of us. Uh, this is one of those moments where you and I are patting each other on the back as I make use of incident <laughs> inductions quite frequently. Uh, how yes. would you How would you respond to those that would say that it's not something that's appropriate inside of the process, whether for stage, whether for the the hypnotherapy side? 
I probably shouldn't say what's on my mind. Oh, <laughs> go <laughs> there. It's much <laughs> um, I mean, for hypnotherapy, how, how long does a standard, whatever that means, a standard hypnotherapy session last? You know, if you're doing a progressive induction and the usual therapy work that you would do, I mean, a lot of hypnotherapists, that would be between an hour, hour and a half, two hours maybe. I don't know. Um, if you're doing an instant induction, you can immediately cut a whole substantial chunk of time off of that process. So at that point, you're getting into doing the work quicker. So you've got much more time mm-hmm. to actually do the work to help the person. And also you can see more clients. So, so you let's can make play, money. let me play devil's advocate for a moment because I, I also was guilty at one point of using the, the phrasing that if we're using a PMR induction, progressive muscle relaxation, yes, mm-hmm. I will abbreviate it to then explain it, which now I've wasted an extra 20 seconds to do so. Uh, <laughs> though the phrase would be that that is much longer, though take that relaxation, send that all the way down across your body. We can do that PMR process briefly and still be effective. Sure, yeah, yeah. rapid rapid progressive muscle relaxation. There you go. Why, why <laughs> you know, and I, I mean, if I'm, if I'm doing a rapid induction, I will probably follow it up with something like that too. You know, so right, you, you, yeah. can, you can combine that stuff. Which but I tend to be time, similar as well to preserve the PMR process as a deepening technique once inside of the hypnosis. Yeah, yeah. And it, again, being fluid, working with the person that you're with, it depends what they're there for. If you've got someone coming to see you for something stress related, then you might want to give them a full on progressive relaxation induction because they're going to really enjoy it and benefit from it. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it depends on the, the situation. And yeah, the mind stream is this guy who comes into the office, he's quitting smoking and he's sitting there and he just doesn't look comfortable. He, he doesn't <laughs> look at peace. And it's one of those moments where you just got to look at somebody and say, dude, what's going on? And this yeah. is where he reveals that that morning, this is like a two o'clock appointment, that yeah. morning his wife told him that he, uh, she was leaving him, she took the kids in the in the car, and she's gone off somewhere, and oh. the phone call is not being answered. Well, the, call is, the calls are actually mm-hmm. being blocked. The text oh. messages are popping back that this number is not accepting messages from you. And he has basically spent four hours now trying to figure out where she is. So he could at least have a conversation to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. And I have to look at him at this point and just goes, just go, why the hell did you drive here today? Because he had commuted, you know, you're about an hour north of London. He's he's like an hour north of where I am. Yeah. So it's that moment of just having to just bluntly ask somebody, why are you here? And his phrasing is, well, might as well accomplish one thing today, one less thing to worry about. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's his hypnotic contract, though. I always go back to this example, which thankfully I've only ever had once, to just think, okay, good, now close your eyes and send relaxation through. No, no. Take all that frustration, take all that stress, press it onto my hand, close your eyes. (laughs) And I I don't think any other technique would have been effective in that moment. Sure, yeah. And it's the same with if someone is coming to you for for pain management. How how much are they really feasibly going to be able to relax? (laughs) Tell me, this is something that I've not really, it's something I've been saying in classes, but it's something I haven't yet really fleshed out enough to turn into something like in a format as we're chatting about here. Sure. But I think sometimes maybe the the controversy around the instant induction may be part of the other terminology of being a shock induction. 
Sure. And yeah. I think that's a bit of phrasing. I've been I've been wanting to rebrand it as just simply being a pattern interrupt induction. Yeah, uh, I mean, technically no, but yeah, okay, <laughs> I entirely get what you mean. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, if you don't want to call it a shock induction, just call it an instant or a rapid induction. Exactly. You exactly. know, that's you, the take take the shock out of it. <laughs> yeah, let's I kind mean, of, yeah, let's kind of change gears for a moment though, and sure. go in an entirely different direction from. Uh-huh. From working with clients to doing stage performances to teaching hypnosis to now children's books. Ah, yes. yes. Let's oh. chat. There's a nice transition. Let's chat <laughs> Sam the Sleepy Sheep. Ah, or should I say, bah. Um, sorry. <laughs> Horrendous. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Sam the Sleepy Sheep. It's, um, it's one of my newest projects, and it's basically – a children's book and it looks like a children's book tastes like a children's book (laughs) and it's designed specifically to help children go to sleep and as we're on a hypnosis podcast i'm sure uh, that the listeners can probably figure out how it achieves that (laughs) but yeah the the entire book it it basically talks you through Sam. He's a little sheep and he is, his mother's putting him to bed. So she tells him a story and the story goes into a story about a frog named Mr. Sleepy who has a really relaxing voice and he helps all the woodland animals to go to sleep. He goes to another animal's house and tells her a story which if you uh, are into the kind of uh, metaphorical method of hypnotic you know, um, language, you will notice that's kind of nested loops in there, which work really nicely. Um, and then he goes on to talk about a wizard who has magical sleep dust. And yeah, if you're reading through the whole story, uh, it can take you up to sort of 25, 30, 35 minutes um, to get through that, which a lot of people would think, wow, that's a hell of a long story to be reading a child, which is true. But at the same time, most people will be reading this to children who are spending a lot of time awake at night time anyway. So they may, they, they may be reading it in three, four, five books to try and get them off to sleep. Whereas the, in this occasion, you probably only need to, to read them one. And in fact, because of the hypnotic language that you, that's used throughout the book, the children are more than likely to go to sleep before you actually get to the end of the book anyway. And I love and that getting- note about uh, the length of the book, having uh, last night with our son, what was it? I think we were three and four books in before he was satisfied. Yeah, it does happen. <laughs> so sort of the one that sustains their interest, yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's pretty much it's not specifically designed for um, for hypnotists to use. Although I'm sure that hypnotists will find it quite easy to adapt their reading style to the book. But again, it's just a case of using everything um, that you've got in your delivery to help the child to relax as well. So, I mean, if you go and try and rush through the book to get it over and done with, then it's not going to be quite so relaxing. But. Which is part of what's kind of clever about it is the in the introduction, there's instructions for the parent. There's instructions for the reader as to how the book actually works, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, it, it tells you that when, when there are a... Um, uh, a couple of dots. I don't know what, what's what's the American word for dot. Periods, <laughs> ellipses. Periods. Yeah, I, I just like to say when there are a couple of periods, it evokes bad images in my head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that said, yeah, when there when there are a couple of periods, that's when you should pause for you know I, either for a relaxing effect or to subtly give an embedded suggestion. 
you know and then there are there are parts in red that give you the option of you know you can choose use this word or choose a different word and then there are words in purple which are instructions for you to actually do what the words say mainly being a, like taking a deep breath or yawning and yawning is is featured quite prominently throughout the book yes. as as it is in my own hypnotherapy sessions uh, <laughs> because it just works quite nicely in helping people to feel relaxed and to feel tired so yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really nice book, and we're getting lots of good reviews on Amazon. .co.uk, um, not so much on .com, because we haven't, we're not actually promoting it so much in the US. But if you want to have a look at some of the reviews, take a look on um, the .co.uk page, and you'll, you'll see them on there. They're very good. So kind of walk us through the origin of this. Where did the idea, where did the uh, sort of the foundation of this come from? I had always um, thought about it. Um, I mean, I, I only up until recently had, had finished, I've got a couple of other books and I've got some hypnosis DVDs as well. And I, I kind of just finished getting all of those produced and, and marketed and selling how I'd like them to. Um, so I thought, okay, new project. Have always wanted to do something fun, and a children's book seemed like just the right idea. And I mean, you know, there aren't many other books on the market that do a really good job of helping children to go to sleep with, with a story. So I, I felt that the market is pretty much like wide open for a really decent book. And it's not only decent in the fact that it works really well, uh, the, the artwork is amazing. I, I couldn't be happy yes. with how the artworks turned out in the book. And it's just a, an all-around, well-packaged thing that just really does work. But yeah, I, 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 wrote, I co-wrote it with uh, Dr. Kate Bevan-Marks, who I train hypnotherapy with at the Hypnotherapy Training Company. And it was kind of like the initial offset of it was a spur-of-the-moment kind of thing. We just like, okay, let's, let's do something interesting. Let's, let's write a children's book. And it kind of just happened. <laughs> And I'd share that having actually read the book to my children. It's, well, I, I would say, first of all, the audience for this is not necessarily just children who would have a hard time falling asleep. What's, what's really interesting about the book is it actually does, of course, work as a children's book. It sure. actually can be read. There's, um, I, I hope to not reveal too much with this, with this anecdote, but there's a magician's prop that's out there that, Basically, the way the magic trick would work is that anyone could pick up this book, open it up, you tell them to find any big word on the page, and then the performer could then tell the person what word they're thinking of. And <laughs> the secret of it may actually be exactly what you might be guessing, the same big words repeat on every single page. Mm. And there's a few variations of them, and there's only one that actually – they worked really hard to try to make it a novel from start to finish. We're talking like a 300-page book to pull this off where long story short it's it's awkward and you really can't do it but it does does help to mask the secret of that technique and yeah. bring it into the perspective of what we're talking about here with sam the sleepy sheep where here is it's driven by the story it's driven by the narrative of what's going on yeah and the techniques so beautifully fold in as they should much in the same way that so I'm, I'm a fan of it and i can definitely share that you know having read it to my kids who uh then again i cracked the joke well not really a joke i cracked the comment years ago about uh oh yeah our kids sleep through the night to which my wife then corrected no you sleep through the night uh, <laughs> but it, it's it's definitely one that well they've asked for by name they enjoy it and the drawings are fantastic and it's kind of fun to even hear 
to hear my wife reading it and getting into some of the language patterns as well, that <laughs> it definitely works and it definitely to lean into those phrases. Uh, yeah. what, what kind of uh, feedback have you been hearing from it? I mean, I, I was just going to say, we, we actually, um, going back to what you just said about the, the, the story flowing and the, the language patterns just being kind of seated in there nicely, we actually wrote the entire story first with, with nothing hypnotic. Beautiful. So we figured we'd, we'd, we'd do that so that there was actually a decent story rather than just a mishmash of hypnotic language that children would just be bored to death by. <laughs> you know, at that point, yeah, it may work once or twice, but they're probably not going to ask for it to be read again. Yes. So um, feedback has been ridiculously good so far. I've had a fair few mothers blogging um, <laughs> extensively about it. So, I mean, if you search Sam the Sleepy Sheep on Google, you probably come up with some of those blogs as well. But the feedback has been all, all 100% positive. On Amazon.co.uk, we have five-star reviews, only five-star reviews, which is great. Just to, to read one, you know, a godsend works every time on my five-year-old son. It worked on my wife. <laughs> hey, I could sell it to a completely different market at that point. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so fantastic. Five stars. Amazing. Get it. You know, that's that's the kind of stuff that we're seeing. So we're, we're pretty confident that we've done the job. It's uh, it's now just kind of the waiting game until we uh, get it discovered by the right people to get right. it put across the world. Yeah, and I, I definitely say that as someone who is, you know, constantly adding more books to our library at home for our kids, you know, to, to have priced it right at about the same rate that any other children's book would be makes it very ideal. Sure. And again, the, the delivery method of it, the story itself is one that grabs the kid's attention mm -hmm. and the, the extra side benefit of watching their little eyes slowly begin to close <laughs> just that little bit sooner, especially, uh, of all things, this is one of those things that if, if this is the thing we're complaining about, we're doing all right. The fun of we pulled the book out a couple of weeks ago because we had daylight savings here. Yeah. And suddenly it's now, oh, wait, we need to get them to bed at a different time. Um, <laughs> mostly for our parental benefit of otherwise they're now waking up at a different time than they used to. And that completely screwed up our schedules. <laughs> yep, yep, so yep. by pulling the book out and actually making use of it. So on one side, of course, Rory, thank you for that. <laughs> Though, again, it's something that, you know, we have anyone who has little kids will often find this pattern of the children begin to request their favorites. Sure. They begin yeah. to reach for them. And this has become one of the ones that they'll often reach for. And that's part of why, part of why you and I are chatting here today. Excellent. Well, that makes me feel good. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Any, any plans? Uh, what's coming up next in the future for you? Um, not entirely sure at the moment. I mean, we have been toying with the idea of um, doing a couple more children's books, possibly, but that's kind of hinging on how well this one goes. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a distinct possibility. But at, at the moment... We're mainly focusing on the hypnotherapy training. Um, as as a relatively new company, we're kind of getting the getting the grounds down and setting up, getting established, and it's it's already happening. Our, our first course we had, uh, I think, six people on. The second one we've had eight. So hopefully, it's going to keep going that way. But that's that's my main focus of attention at the moment, and ensuring obviously that that, that course material stays and uh, as good as it can be and continues to evolve. Otherwise, coming to the NGH convention in Boston this August, 
and then heading over to the HT Live, Hypno Thoughts Live 2016 as well in Vegas. So those are on the cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it could be a lot of fun. Otherwise, you know, just take it as it comes. Awesome. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll see you at both of those. And I'll yeah. put uh, links to everything over in the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com. Awesome. So for now, Rory, where can people find you online? Sure. Um, well, you can find me personally at rory-z.com. It pains me to say Z. It's actually Z. Um, <laughs> rory-z.com, where you can actually buy my books, my DVDs. Sam the Sleepy Sheep is on there as well. Also, I have information about my upcoming uh, rapid hypnosis courses, which uh, there's one, uh, one or two coming up in London shortly. And then obviously, I'm doing a pre-conference at HypnoThoughts Live this year. So um, if you're going there, you should come and see me for lots of fun. Otherwise, hypnotherapy training, obviously, is hypnotc.com. And I think that's about it. But yeah, um, if you're interested in Sam the Sleepy Sheep, I definitely recommend having a look at the Amazon. And I highly recommend it as well. It's been awesome having you here. Cool, Jason. Thanks very much. It's been cool to chat. Hey, it's Jason here. And one more time, thank you again to Rory for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be a part of this program. And of course, thanks to all of you at home in your offices and your cars on the treadmill, wherever you might be listening to this. Uh, Thank you so much for spending the time with this program. I'd ask you a very simple question. How well do you know your hypnosis business? And what I ask by that is the simple question that so often I meet with people who are looking at growing their hypnosis businesses, or maybe they're perhaps already actively working, yet they're still kind of floundering from week to week, from client to client, from show to show. And I'd give you the simple concept of systems, where it's all about putting together a systematic way of addressing how you grow your business and interact within your clients. So within each and every step of the process, you know what's happening next. And I give you a simple example. My client coming in later today is someone who I know has been on my mailing list for well over seven or eight months. And it wasn't a matter of that she didn't want to work with me. She just simply wasn't ready yet. And now that she is, we have a brand new style of approach, a brand new range of information to branch off of inside of that process. Inside of that first session, chances are I know what resources I might be sharing with her, and it's really a push-button automated simplicity of how I'm able to share that content with her so that by the end of the day, I've seen a full load of clients, I've been receiving a premium for my services, and I'm walking out of the door with the last client off to go spend time with my family and as you've just listened to, very likely read Sam the Sleepy Sheep to them once again. So because of this, I want to share this lifestyle with you. And I'll give you two options here. First of all, Hypnotic Business Mastery. And this is the two-day pre-convention offering that I'm going to be presenting in Las Vegas out in August, coming up at the HypnoThoughts Live convention. It's a two-day brain dump of how I've built a successful, sustainable, highly profitable business, giving you the strategies, giving you the mechanisms to get out there and really make a really make a name and a living for yourself. So Hypnotic Business Mastery, it's the live version of my business training. And the cool thing about it is you're going to get that hands-on instant feedback result. 
as we've got a couple of dozen people in the room and building that real community of people who are actively building their business using some of the most top-notch information today. Whether you're a computer person or not, this information is for you. And as a side note, I'd share with you the more skilled I have become at selling my process, the more skilled I've become at also doing my hypnotic process as well. We are always navigating a person from a state of challenge to a state of solution. So the skills you will learn in terms of hypnotic business systems, hypnotic business mastery, you're going to find convert over to how you interact with your clients as well. If you cannot make it out to Vegas, head over to worksmarthypnosis.com, click the training page, and check out hypnotic business systems. Now, this is the digital offering of my hypnotic training in terms of business. Now, right now, this is welcome to you only by invitation only. So odds are when you land on that page, there's going to be a brief video and an opportunity to get on the waiting list. So do that. You'll be the first to find out as this is available. Though again, it's so much more fun live and in person. So whether it's live in person in Vegas at HypnoThoughts Live, HypnoticBusinessMastery.com, or if you want to learn at your own pace with Hypnotic Business Systems, the digital access product, that's available to get on the waiting list at least now over at WorkSmartHypnosis.com. Com. Make it rain. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com.